Hello, fellow improvisers, artists, and creatives. Welcome back. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. My name is Travis, but you can just call me the hot one. This is a game tape episode. Over and over again, we see similarities between athletes and improvisers, from the way they train to the way they perform in the moment, and of course, the way they look without their shirts on. Game tape is yet another thing we have in common with our favorite athletes. We found that watching back a show and discussing things that worked and things that didn't has helped us get better at this thing we love. And I guess our hope is that you can learn from and and relate to our mistakes and successes and we can all grow together. Aww. We had to record this episode without Anatasha because she's currently deep undercover working for some agency that doesn't technically exist. So Andrew and I share our thoughts about a show that I was not able to perform in because I was stuck in traffic on the 405. Anyway, we have a lot of fun. We talk about spinning plates, throwing daggers, raising the stakes, playing peas in a pod, and the power of stillness. We say far too many nice things about Anatasha and far too many mean things about me. Oh, and and towards the end of the episode, Andrew blows my mind with a very unique and cool approach to Zoom improv that I had never thought of before. So you'll want to stick around for that. Now, please enjoy Game Tape on the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. How are you doing, Trav? I'm doing good, man. I am. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, life is happening. Life is happening all around me. How about those, this weather we've been having? You know what? I stepped outside this morning. I'm trying to get sunlight in the morning. And the sun this morning, very hot. Very hot 8 a.m. sun. When I was in Utah, helped my dad move. It rained a couple times. And in southern Utah, when it rains, you get that like desert rain smell. And it was so nice. It just smells so fresh and clean. Mm, desert rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It smells so good. Doesn't it not smell good in Texas when it rains? No, it smells good. There's more. Yeah. There's more greenery where I mm. live, so you get that like wet wood and wet plant and wet grass smell. Yeah, I feel like when it rains in LA, you get that wet garbage smell. No, I. I... <laughs> <laughs> Is that too? That's way too judgmental of Los Angeles. I feel like when it rains in LA, the skies are clear. That's true. The air feels fresh and bright as opposed to full and sooty. We love LA. No, I do. I love LA. So many people are negative LA. Yeah. If you're one of those people, just stop listening right now. Go walk off a bridge. Here's the thing with LA. Your LA experience will depend on what you focus on. If you focus on the traffic and the pollution and the cost of living, then you're going to find reasons to be upset. But if you focus on the energy and the fact that you can eat every type of cuisine, but probably within five minutes of your, your place and people are chasing their dreams here and the beach is here. Like I, I love it. I think there's a lot of amazing things to focus on in this city. And I really like living here. Hey, there you go. You heard it here first. LA is a good place to live. So maybe uh, we can set, send this to like the LA like tourism board. Maybe we 
we can get some kickback or something. You think the LA Tourism Board has some kickbacks for improv podcasts? Yeah, I do. Why not? Why wouldn't they? You don't think they I'm do? Just, I'm just asking a question. I'm a question asker. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt, they do. Yeah, we're going to get some kickback. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> All right. Before we get started... Wanted to read a couple of reviews from Apple Podcasts that we've gotten. Thank you so much if you've left us a review. It means a lot to us. And if you haven't yet, what are you doing with your life? Okay. This uh, first review is from SoCal Chad. He says, it's a fun, nerdy comedy podcast. Unapologetic in its love for improv, clown, and live comedy. Always a feel-good listen. With a clown emoji. Oh, I like that. I think being called unapologetic in our love for improv is shockingly accurate. Thanks, so-called Chad. That's so-cal. So-cal? That's what I said, right? You said so-called Chad. So, so-cal Chad? It's obviously so-cal Chad. We're not even having this discussion. What if it's social Chad and he just spelled it wrong? Social Chad. Thank you, social Chad. Uh, I want to read one from someone called Sunshine in the City. I'm going to guess this is from our friends Sonny and Mike, the Sonny and Mike Hour, who we got to play with in March Madness, because that's how they start this, by saying, I was fortunate enough to play against Storm Chaser in the March Madness tournament. Before our match, I watched their previous set and instantly became a fan. They authentically dive into grounded relationships, making us both feel and laugh. Oh, that's a nice thing That's a really say. nice thing. I especially love the Artist Brain episodes. It's so nice to hear from credible performers in the entertainment industry and the influence of their improv background. I enjoy how an individual player from Storm Chaser will break down a specific improv technique. It helps me make that left turn in my own gameplay. And game tape is a great idea because you can hear the actual scenes they've performed! Exclamation points! It's a very enjoyable listen performed by very likable people. Man, that's so sweet. Thank you, Sunshine in the City. If it is, in fact, the guys from the Sunny and Mike Hour, go check them out on Instagram, too, because they were very good. And I think they're also making a podcast of their own. So check them out. And uh, leave us a review so we can read your review on our next Game Tape episode, because we love them. Okay, let's talk about this show that was so fun because you weren't there. I was going to ask, that's my first question, is um, how difficult was it improvising without me? Was that just like terrible and awful? I would say that it was negative difficulty. So it was easier? Yeah, I would say it was <laughs> much, much easier <laughs> than normal. Huh. We weren't weighted down by, you know, everything that you do. You know, I don't have to tell you what you're like. Right. <laughs> oh, that yeah. hurts my feelings so much. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're, I can check off Hurt Travis's feelings. Good. Yep. We're making quick progress on this episode. <laughs> We're doing really good. Oh, I want to compliment you guys on getting your suggestion. It was, I felt like it was a very, you know, pish moment when you're like, let's spell a word. And you like instantly messed it up. We don't even have Travis's dumb box of suggestions. So yeah, you know, let's spell a word one letter at a time. <laughs> okay. P Q. Damn it. Do you want to try again? You feel good. I felt really bad. I was just going off the top of my head, but I think we have to roll with it now. Whatever P Q 
Whatever personal questions. Personal questions. Mm. There's there's something messy about the way that I play that I was watching this morning and I was just like, God, fish, could you be just like put together for one second? I mean, I, there's two sides to every coin, but I think especially you've been talking a lot about surprising yourself and, and getting out of your head. And one of the side effects of that is sometimes the words come before your thoughts. And this time you Tosh said P, you said Q, and you instantly were like, ah, damn it, that's not a word. That's not how the English language works. But it's fun to watch you live with that. When you make a decision without your brain involved, it's fun to watch you live with the consequences of that. So I, for what it's worth, I don't want you to change. Fantastic. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I liked how we started the show conversationally. It's nice to get a sense of performers when they walk on stage and if there's a little too much self-importance of like let's start an improv show you know i don't yeah. know improv has a different frequency what you're saying is reminding me of tj and dave and their special they talk about how they start their shows very much like that they play the entire song their walkout song they just come out and they play the whole song it's like a three minute song and they just sort of like walk around the stage and like look at people and they really take that time and they say they do that because it lets the audience know what kind of pacing to expect. And I feel like mm -hmm. you and Natasha showing up and be like, this is our show. And then sort of like shooting the breeze a little bit and just being candid and honest and real lets our audience know like, this is the type of improv we like to do. That's a really good way to frame it. I think you're spot on. This was a really playful show. I love playing with Natasha. I mean, I love playing with both of you because, but. But mostly Natasha. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to say it in a different way. I don't want to feel like I'm repeating myself. Anatasha is so playful and she's so down to play and she makes me feel more playful. I feel like I have a green light with her to be as stupid as possible. I mean, that's with both of you, but I could really just notice it. Yeah, Anatasha has a really good, like visible thermometer in her eyes. I don't know if that makes sense. And when you get to play with her and you do something that excites her or tickles her or turns her on or, or whatever, she it's very visible in her eyes, which makes it fun to keep going down that road. Yeah. Yeah. You see in Anatasha's eyes, this aliveness, this like fire, this joy of being there and being able to play with you. And that's really fun. We started right out the gates of this show. I found myself initiating a scene about abortion, which, you know, I don't know if there's an improv teacher in the world who would say, this is a good idea. I was like, of course, Anatasha and Pish, their first scene is about abortion. Of course it is. I mean, my philosophy is high stakes things should be talked about. Taboo should be off the table. And when you understand that you're watching theater and characters that aren't perfect, having a conversation as flawed human beings, I feel like you can talk about something in a way that is approachable. I mean, that's the gift of comedy in a larger sense, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. But it, it, I did feel like I dived off a cliff that was a lot taller than I was realizing as the words were already tumbling out of my mouth. Do you want to kill it? I wasn't going to phrase it like that.
Well, I mean, I didn't mean to say kill it. I mean, it's, but that's what it is. Isn't it? I don't think so. What do you think? I don't think of it. You can't kill something if it's not alive yet. Well, it has cells. We're killing cells. You kill cells every time you drink a beer, you idiot. Yeah, man, but... Uh, what's yeah, man, a- well, uh, That's you. Look, I just wanted to go to Six Flags, okay? I'm a little flustered right now, okay? I thought I was going to be on the Goliath, and here we are talking about our... Well, you know what? I didn't know when I bought the tickets to Six Flags for your birthday that I was going to find out that I was pregnant and that I was going to have to tell you I was just worried about it getting all jostled around on the roller coaster if I don't want it. If we don't get there when the gates open, the lines are going to be insane. You still are thinking about going on roller coasters today? I can't lie. I don't want to lie to you. I want to be honest with you because I appreciate our honest relationship. Okay, fine. Be honest with me. What happened with Carolyn? You come home at 2 a.m., Nothing happened. What happened? Look, I appreciate you, and we are on a ticking clock right now. If we don't get there by 8 a.m., the X2 is going to be off our agenda. I thought you both navigated it really well, especially because the way we would gauge playing with the topic like that normally is like if the audience is coming with us or not we would try to sort of like feel the temperature of that room and say okay cool these people are down to explore this or they're definitely not and that would sort of help guide our play and you didn't have that you just you just had each other and i loved you know if we just want to talk like improv philosophies this scene had a bunch of spinning plates in it you know you've got the abortion plate that's spinning and then you brought in the like I just really want to go to Six Flags plate. Like you were so passionate about the roller coasters and that was super fun. And then Anatasha brought in like this past relationship with Carolyn, which was a plate. And you guys kept all three of these plates spinning in such a good rhythmic balanced way. I think if it had just been strictly an abortion scene and all you were talking about was whether or not this was, you know, killing something or just sales or whatever, which which you guys did talk about. But if it was only that, it maybe would have got too heavy. But because yeah. you kept, you had these other plates to check on, it's it, for me as an audience, I was never worried about you two as you waded through this hot topic. I think my impulse as an improviser is to live in as high stakes as possible. I think the impulse was to start a relationship in this moment of chaos, enter into it in this conversation point, which is horrible and awful and difficult. I think there's so much comedy to be had from a high stakes situation where there's a character who to them, the most high stakes thing is something mundane and selfish like getting into a theme park and making sure that they're there when the lines aren't too long. I loved it. And it's such a, 
it feels real. It rem- it's this childish selfishness that we all have. We talk about throwing daggers, which is like saying a line with purpose. It's being able to say something and trusting that it is powerful and letting it land in your partner. Mm. And being able to say it in a way in which your partner knows that's all they need. There was a manic energy that was in this scene for me where I start using a bunch of filler words. I start saying, look, okay, you know, like, all right, this look, look, look. Okay, so we're, look, well, if we're talking about, oh, God, damn, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm literally trying to like command attention with these filler words as opposed to just trusting that a simple line said powerfully could be enough. Hang tight and we'll be right back with more game tape. This episode is brought to you by RY Originals, whole plant, vegan CBD vitamins that are full of healthy, purposeful vitamins, minerals, and herbs. Hemp is more nutrient dense than broccoli and berries. It's a superfood. For some reason, every other CBD product extracts and isolates the CBD from the plant, leaving all the nutrients behind. But RY says, not today, nutrients. You're coming with us. By lightly baking the hemp powder and mixing it in with other natural vitamins and minerals, RY creates a perfectly healthy and perfectly balanced experience. So, not only do they make you feel good, they are also really good for you. They're double lab tested and activated without extraction, which makes them truly original. RY Originals has crafted four unique blends. They've got Better Mood, Pain Lift, Sleep Tight, and Original Blend, all of which are available right now at shop.ryoriginals.com. That's S-H-O-P dot O-R-I-G-I-N-A-L-S dot com. So check them out today and don't forget to use discount code STORMCHASER at the checkout to get 420 off every bottle. RY Originals, eat your greens. And now back to the show. I want to move on a little bit and talk about the next scene because I think it was a perfect example of something improv teachers talk all the time which is matching energy, two peas in a pod. It's such a great, easy improv hack. If you don't know what to do or what type of character to play, just play the exact same character as your scene partner. And Anatasha came out with this super crazy voice and accent and speech patterns, and you just matched it perfectly. And that whole scene was a joy now. I'm going to ask you a personal question. Go for it. Do you wear a bra with wire or do you wear like a, like a sports bra or like, what's your deal? What's my deal? What's your deal? I'm a no wire gal. You're a no wire gal. Yeah. I'm a no wire gal. Wow. Not a metal girl. I never liked metal. I had a bad reaction to a copper watch when I was 12. That happened to me with, um, I had like in sync dog tags. It sounds more complicated than it is as actually dog tags, but it just said like in sync in it and the names of the members. What's and complicated school, about that? I don't know. Just like when I say I had an in sync dog tag, people are like, what's that? 
And I'm like, that's exactly what it sounds like. In sync dog tax. Okay. So I didn't oh. dog tax. And they had a nickel. It was a nickel. They had nickels on them? No, like nickel, like the metal. Is nickel, nickel like n- the metal? N- yeah, like nickel. Nickel's not metal. a metal. Well, what is nickel? I don't know. It's like a it's like a noble um, element. Okay, well, it had like nickel, the element. Yeah. And it gave me a big rush. A minute. Wow. Like, it gave you a rush? A big rush. Oh. And it was like, there was this boy, Austin, in front of me in my math class. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's finally talking to me. But he just turned around to like point at me and be like, oh my God, are you like sick? And then everybody pointed at me. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I was like that girl who like always had a rash, even though I didn't have a rash. People would be like, ew, don't touch me. She's got rushes. Oh my God. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. And is that why you don't wear a metal metal or like a copper? What happened with your copper? Yeah. Well, you know, I, that's why I don't have a wrist or anything, but you know, I did. Wait, say, well, hold on, wait, say that one more time. That's why I don't have a rest or anything. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. There was something just super fun and playful about it. And something Tasha always does, and she does it so well, is it really rode that line of like, I can understand most of what you're saying. And then now you're just making sounds. And oh, now you're back to saying words. And it's always really fun. You are. Yeah. Yeah, I think she does such a great job with expanding the way that I would play otherwise. I feel like if I was left to my own devices, I would play much more close to Andrew characters. The scenes would all be relationship-based scenes in different high-stakes situations, you know, like little one-act play kind of things. But she's able to be playful with her voice in a way that reminds me that I can be playful with my voice. Yeah, and it, she it was such a good balancer to coming from a scene about abortion to now this is a scene where we're going to get absurd and playful sort of tip the scales back to where they want to be for the overall show. I will say in this scene, man, the line of the show that I laughed the hardest at (laughs) was, Yeah, that's why I don't have a wrist or anything. <laughs> I love like your elbow. Like you had a bad reaction to copper and they had to amputate your arm. And it was so casual. I laughed so, so hard. Yeah, that was a really <laughs> It goes back to what you were talking about, though. You always have this way of like, what's the highest stakes version of this? What's the highest stakes bad reaction to metal? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way a person can talk nonchalantly about this thing that is just horrific to any other person in any other circumstance. I will say about this scene, I was thinking about scene arcs and the way to inject stakes into a scene. Like if someone was thinking like, I want all my scenes feel a little low stakes. They don't have a ton of drama. Sometimes they feel low energy. The answer is to kind of inject high stakes into your scene. But then the question becomes, how do you do that? And I think something that I've fallen back on a lot is adding romance or a potential romantic scene, one character having a crush on the other one, even if it's not necessarily warranted. Janet, I I want your tits in my up. I want... I didn't, I, want, I didn't ask you about what kind of bra you wear because I'm interested in y'all. What? I didn't I ask you what 
kind of brought you where because I'm interested in you. I'm not. I didn't, I didn't say what? No, of course not. Why would you? And I think it's become a crutch of mine because it's just this was a scene between two characters who didn't need to be in a romantic relationship. This isn't like a Hollywood movie where we have some producer needing to inject a romantic relationship in. You know what I mean? It's the high stakes could have come from a different place. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I was trying to make an effort to, you know, come up with some like maybe places of improvement or things we could do differently for next time, which is hard for me when I'm not involved in the show. I just love watching you two so much that it was difficult. But one of the things I came up with sort of is related to what you just said. I think that on Zoom, it's tricky, but I think we need to, or we could get more aggressive with editing sooner. Because mm. it sort of felt like this the scene was playful and had arcs and there were these bits about the metal and what, you know, some personal questions in there. And then it sort of felt like the the scene like crested a little bit and I would have loved to then have seen an edit and then come back to these two. Cause these two were super fun to watch, but it almost sort of felt like we missed the button. Now you're like, well, how, how do we keep the scene alive? And then you inject this like romance romance into it that maybe it didn't really need. So I think maybe the answer or one of the answers is like, let's edit a little faster. And if we really love that scene, we can come back to it. I love that. That's very insightful. I have relied on both you and Anatasha to edit scenes. I've just been able to kind of not pay attention to that and pay attention to the scene I'm in and making the scene I'm in good. It makes me weaker in a two-person show when I don't listen for the edit. Then it's all it's all on Anatasha to be listening for an edit unless there's an extremely clear edit point, which I don't think edits are always very clear if you're not listening for them. Yeah, and I think it gives you the freedom to have this fun matching energy scene, which is just playful and light and fluffy. It can exist for shorter. I measured the time of each of the scenes for this show. Oh, interesting. Which I've never really done before. And the first five scenes were all about five and a half to six minutes long. In my bones, that's probably what I feel like is a good scene length. But... I think variety really helps. We didn't get until the end of the show where we had a minute and 30 second long scene and then a three minute long scene to end the show. I think it's a good note for me and for us. I think we can play with length of scenes and finding edits at different points because not only can you switch up the energy in your show by doing a drama scene and then a light and fluffy matching energy scene, but you could also have shorter scenes and longer scenes and come back to scenes and that injects a fun difference of energy. Yeah, I remember a rehearsal with Holly. We did a whole series where the whole point was like edit too soon. Mm, Yes. Almost like a cliffhanger. Like a character would be like, Susie, I love you. And before the other character could respond, we'd edit. And then that puts in your brain, like, we have to come back. We left We left Susie hanging. I love that. I remember that rehearsal. That was a really powerful rehearsal. And I don't think I really ever internalized that exercise to use it very often. I just, I want to compliment you on the prison lineup scene. First, I want to compliment Tasha because I love an improv when it's just, oh, that's what it looks like. You know, you happen to be standing in the middle of your scene, kind of looking around. It looked like you were a guy in a prison lineup. And Tosh took that inspiration and ran with it. I love when an, as an audience I can go, oh, it looks like this. And then it is that. It's, there's no reason to make it anything else.
Okay, number three, state your name. My name is Jonas uh, Carr. Jonas Carr. Read. Yes. Great. Read the sentence on the paper. I know it was a great move. That was in that was a scene that I don't feel like I had ever done before. And it felt like it just very naturally came out of her awareness of what was happening. And if she hadn't let that come to her by being patient with herself in her own improv, I don't think it would have happened. Yeah. I love saying your scene partner is your script. If you don't know what to say, look at your scene partner. And that's what she did. She looked at you, allowed that time to say, oh, it looks like he's in a prison lineup. Now I know what to say. So yes. good job, Tasha. We've complimented her way too much so far. We're going to have to stop. Yeah, we'll edit in some insults. Okay. Man, Tasha's she's so dumb. And Natasha's eyebrows are too high on her head. <laughs> That one felt like oddly specific. It's something that I've been harboring for a while. <laughs> I just wanted to get it off my chest. Okay, well, I'll go back to complimenting you now. I just thought you ran with this opportunity to play very different characters one after the other. And then the decision to play the guy where we could only see his forehead at the bottom of the screen was such a fun use of a Zoom specific choice. And it made me laugh. So good job. Thank you. You know, it's... With Zoom and with broadcasting a show, it's like learning to be playful with the frame. There's ways to be playful in an audience in a theater, breaking the fourth wall, going out into the audience, using the stage in different ways that are creative. And I've been watching an anime recently, which is about making a manga. It's called Bakuman. It's a great, great anime. If you're looking for something that talks about creativity and being an artist and pursuing something with a lot of passion and zest, but it also has made me think a lot about how you frame things. You can have a moment like that where only your forehead is showing or, you know, something else. I, I'm still just trying to get used to performing in Zoom, but I think you can find these fun moments. And when people talk about performing on Zoom as a drag, I'm like, I think it's, a, it's just a beautiful canvas that you just have to learn how to play with and be inventive with. I... Love the idea of thinking of our Zoom frame as a comic strip frame. Like, that's such a cool, different way to think about it that's never crossed my mind before. Oh, that, that is like so inspirational, man. That's really cool. I can't, I need to now go do some research on like comic books and, and different, yeah. you know, positioning in, in within that box and the different oh, totally. story it tells. That's really cool. I mean, it's one of the things that I'm trying to think of more because it's like I'm paying attention to this anime and I'm like, oh, they have this really high angle shot off to the side and then, oh, really low angle shot and then like up close on their eyes. And then it's this playfulness with the framing, which can tell a story in a very energetic and captivating way. That's really cool. I mean, I know nothing about manga so i'd have to do a lot of research but it almost I mean, me makes, neither yeah it makes me want to do like a form like make like a like a manga inspired form where we do that where we try maybe we i don't know i i don't know enough to know if this is a good idea or not but <laughs> it's definitely got the wheels turning yeah absolutely i mean i think this is the spice of improv and something that i think we learned as we kept rehearsing into you know the 
fourth and fifth and six years of us being together, you're always honing the basics. But then there's a point of like, what new tool can you add? Which new perspective and spice can you add to your improv? Yeah, I love that. Well, I, I mean, I want to just say it was I, you two. I was so proud of you. I love watching you guys play. And, you know, I love when you're good because that by default, it makes me look good even when I'm not in the show because you, <laughs> you had a good show and people could say Storm Chaser was good. I did have one one moment um, where I thought you guys were just awful. Or I think you probably lost. Um, what? Your audi- I think you probably lost your audience and you maybe turned some people off from ever what? coming back. It was actually after the show. It was like right at the end of the show. Um, you both were just, um, really making fun of me a lot. Um, you know, so you called me like a lead weight and, uh, I just think that you probably lost a lot of your audience in that moment. Honestly, Travis is just such a lead weight. I feel like flying. I feel like I'm free. I feel light. Yeah. We're levitating. I feel like I'm, I'm not anchored anymore. We're floating in space. We are storm chaser. It's a goal of mine as an artist to speak from the heart. And if we lose audience because of that, (laughs) I'm okay. Because I'm being authentic, Travis. Okay. I have a list of uh, takeaways. Things I want to do differently for myself. Let's hear it. And let me just first say, Anatasha is extremely fun to play with. It was so great to not have you as a lead weight in this show. <laughs> so I want to do that more often for sure. Okay. I think in Zoom, as on stage, I was like, I need to find more stillness. Because if I'm bouncing around too much, it's just distracting as hell. I want to throw more daggers and take out filler words. I want to dream more specifically with the characters that we have instead of just making every scene a romantic scene. And that's it. Besides that, it was a perfect show. It, it really was almost a perfect show. And there was like one uh, one person missing. Um, but other than that, it was... Like one kind of character we didn't play? No, I mean more like, like, uh, like a third um, ca- cast member, I think really would have... Third. I don't remember the scene you're talking about. Cast member scene? It's sort of like a uh, note for the whole show. Oh, to have like a a separate, like one of us plays two characters in a scene. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) I need to find some new friends. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe and follow and rate and review and share and yes and wait you can connect with us on instagram at storm chaser improv and catch us improvising live on zoom every other wednesday at 6 p.m pacific standard time on facebook.com backslash storm chaser improv and for more info about us and what we're up to check out our website at www.stormchaserimprov.com Love you. Thank you for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show.